VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio. I'm your host, Jill Buck, and we have Virginia Carter with us for an encore performance. She was so popular, and I got so much great email on the last show that we did with her two weeks ago, talking about her career in show business, um, talking about her new work with the Population Media Center, that we brought her back for an entire show, and we are so thrilled to have her. Now, just as a refresher course, uh, Virginia Carter uh, started her career as a physicist in the um, aerospace industry and has just got a real scientific mind, which you will see in just a moment. And yet, she's done something so creative with her career. She worked with Norman Lear on some of our favorite American sitcoms. I'm sure you all remember All in the Family, Good Times, The Jeffersons, and so many more. Um, But she is now doing pro bono work, using all the skill set that she developed in creating social and educational content within the entertainment industry. Uh, for Population Media Center, that website, don't close this web browser, folks, but open a new one and visit www.populationmedia.org. And Virginia is going to make the connection for us between what they're doing with the PMC and what we're all concerned about with Go Green Radio, which is environmental protection. So, Virginia, thank you so much for coming back on Go Green Radio. It's a pleasure, Jill. I had fun last time. I'm glad because I had fun as well, and a lot of our listeners emailed me and just raved about the segment. So what could we do but but bring you on again and talk more about the Population uh, Media Center? Now, for the sake of our Go Green Radio listeners who may not have heard our first show, and this is your homework assignment, everybody. Go back and listen to that show from two weeks ago, Uh, but help us. At the, here at the beginning, kind of lay the foundation by making the connection between the mission of the Population Media Center and environmental protection. I'm concerned that it may not be readily apparent to some of our listeners why I'm having you on Go Green Radio as opposed to maybe a show that deals with women's issues. Can you help us make that connection, Virginia? Well, I'll sure do what I can, Jill. Uh, Population Media Center is doing what I guess everybody would like to do. It's trying to help make a better world, a more sustainable world. And we are certainly concerned about environmental protection. Uh, But to get there, uh, there is something we all have to recognize or should be recognizing, and that is that behind most of the great ills in the world today is the fact that we have a world population that is using up more than the Earth is able to recreate. And so to protect the environment, we need to pay a lot of attention to getting our population growth rate under control. So PMC, Population Media Center, this group that I love, is using broadcast media, entertainment broadcast media. That's high fluting words for radio and television entertainment dramas. Mm-hmm. We're using those dramas to pattern positive social behavior 
in the hope and the expectation that the audience will pattern their own behaviors after the positive characters in our shows. The number one challenge for us, after we are invited by a country to go in and help them produce, let's say, for example, a hot, sexy soap opera, <laughs> patterns positive individuals, the number one challenge is to do a show that people want to listen to. Right. And right. so we do the hottest, sexiest, most wonderful, most exciting, juiciest soap operas the world has ever heard, and we get fantastic ratings. <laughs> and I have to say, now, th- th- that presents a, a, a whole different picture in my mind, thinking about sexy soap operas and population control. <laughs> Isn't that the craziest thing, but oh my gosh, how it works. <laughs> well, and you know, I've, I've even talked about population on the website that I uh, developed for the Go Green Initiative, which is now the largest environmental education program in the world. We operate in all 50 states and in 14 countries. And one of the things that we recognize is that if the U.S. Census Bureau is correct in their um, estimations, where we currently are at 6 billion people uh, worldwide, in, by the year 2050, we'll be at 9 billion people worldwide. And that just means that the world's finite natural resources um, will be split in, in, in a larger you know, percentage or, or, or in a smaller percentage per capita. That means that the people alive in the year 2050 will have quite a bit less per capita in terms of natural resources available to them than people in 1950 had because of the population explosion. So um, even if you know, you're not really on board with, you know, population control and that sort of thing. I mean, some people kind of um, flinch a bit when I talk about the Chinese policies uh, on population control. But the fact is, uh, the way that things are, are headed currently, there's just going to be a whole lot less per person uh, when our Bill, children Bill, are. Let me, let me jump in here and say that we're not, we don't believe in population control either. That sounds like some great big guy in the sky telling people what they can and cannot do in regard to their family size. And that is most assuredly not what we do. Tell us, us, help us distinguish between, you know, what you do and and what people have heard about other, you know, population groups. Help us understand. Sure. I think the world has a pretty negative history in terms of trying to uh, reduce the rate at which the world's population grows. You know, they've been, there have been draconian efforts in countries around the world where, where people are forced to do things that they would not otherwise wish to do in regard to family size. I don't want to name countries in particular because it sounds like pointing a finger and blaming, but it is certainly true that the, Earth, the world's experience in this arena has not been, on the whole, terribly positive. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is trust people to behave in their own self-interest. And, uh, and, and that seems to be a very positive approach. People, when they're given a chance to understand the implications of, of uh, rapid population growth, get it. They know uh, when we explain and give them information that is hard scientific data, they know that this is not a good thing. For example, If we go from the 6.7 billion we have in the world today to 9 billion by the year 2050, which is the honest projection for what's going to happen, Mm -hmm. it is in the United States, that means 133 more million people in the United States. 
And that means the exact equivalent of us moving the entire population of Canada and the entire population of Mexico into the United States in the next 42 years, 41 years. Wow. And that is an appalling prospect. How can we deal with that? The answer is we can't and maintain the same standard of living we have today. We simply can't. And so people have got to begin to pay attention. And well, given the facts, they do. And, you know, and that's such an important distinction. And, and this is why I'm so glad you're on, Virginia, because, you know, I deal with every possible spectrum of, of the social, you know, issues of, of around population, around environmental uh, protection and concerns. And, and across that spectrum, you find, you know, very, very conservative folks, very, very liberal folks, and everything in between. And sometimes when people start hearing information about population, they immediately believe that it's a population control issue. And I love to hear you say very plainly and very clearly um, for our listeners that that's not what Population Media Center is all about. You're, you're about encouraging people to make the best choices for them, and I think that's a huge, huge plus and a huge distinction um, between PMC and maybe some other organizations that deal with population issues that others may have heard about. Well, look, we have all become wiser as time has passed. You know, if, even if you had the power and authority to go tell people what they must do, we have evidence in hand to prove that that doesn't work. It doesn't work. And my self-interest in yours is in, having, in, in us all doing something that does work. We need to reduce the rate at which population is growing. We need that done. Well, and I find that, that even with the work that I do, people achieve much better results if they're allowed to do it their own way, like, for instance, with the Go Green initiative, you know, there had been environmental education going on for 25 or 30 years in this country before the Go Green initiative came around. But they were very prescriptive. They were checklists of things that you had to do, things you had to quit right. doing. And, you know, as a mother of three, I learned early on that, you know what, two-year-olds don't like to be told what to do, and neither do 30, 40, 50, and 60, and 70-year-olds. And so that approach just was, really the antithesis of what we know to be true about human nature. Definitely. And so I love that, that we're kind of in sync in that same regard. It, when people choose to do the right thing, it's so much more powerful than when their behavior is mandated, regulated, and legislated. Um, so I really love that. Now, to walk us through a success story, Virginia, for the Population Media Center, choose a country that you've worked with and kind of walk us through the work you've done there, soup to nuts. Help us understand what it is you do. I'd love to. Let me begin with Vietnam. That's the country to which I traveled most recently. It's a country where we currently have a soap opera, a dynamite soap opera running, and we don't have results yet, uh, at least not in English. <laughs> we, have re we have preliminary results in Vietnamese that we're currently having translated. <laughs> but here's how we do it. Uh -huh. In this instance, uh, the voice of Vietnam, which is the national radio system in Vietnam invited Population Media Center to come and help them develop a soap opera to deal with certain issues. And the issues they wanted us to deal with were family planning, gender equity, isn't that a fancy way to say equal, e equal treatment for men and women? That's right. And communication between parents and kids, and what a good idea that is. Absolutely. So would Population Media Center come to Vietnam, work with, the, with Voice of Vietnam under contract with them uh, to develop a soap opera that would deal with these subjects? So we went, and we, we 
utilize in every instance the, the Sebedo methodology for developing the soap opera, and that's another fancy way of saying that we, we have a certain format that we use when we do these soap operas. We begin by figuring out what the people in the country believe in the areas that we plan to deal with in our soap opera. So what do they think and know about family planning? What do they think and know about gender equity? And do they communicate between, uh, is there communication between parents and kids? And we go out into the countryside with demographers from Vietnam and from the United States if needed, and we have a very carefully prepared set of questions, and we find out accurately, quantitatively, what the country, the people in the country believe in these areas and what they know in these areas. And then we come back and we appoint somebody to head the project. In this instance, Voice of Vietnam had somebody to head the project, and we worked with them very happily. And we got a writing team together and a producer and a director, and Voice of Vietnam was supplying most of the money, so that made things a little easier than they normally are. Mm-hmm. And we then taught the writers and producers and directors how to how to utilize the Sabeta methodology, and here's how it works. You develop a set of, of lusty characters that represent the types of people within the society we're working. Uh, and, and in this case, Vietnam, so there are farmers and there are city people, and young people and old people in certain walks of life, and we choose the characters so that we can develop around them the storylines we need to deal with our subjects. Uh, in this instance, family planning, gender equity, and communication between kids and parents. So we have urban, rural, and suburban uh, uh, locations, Mm -hmm. which we develop carefully and define carefully. We develop the set of characters we're going to be using, usually between 8 and 12 characters. And the characters are divided between, between those that are considered the good characters, the positive characters, and they believe all the things we wish our entire audience would believe in terms of family planning, that it's a good idea. They know where to go to get help. They know why it's a good idea to practice family planning and so on. And they, We're they, in Virginia, I hate to interrupt you. We're going to take a, just a quick, quick commercial break, folks, and we're no going to be back with Virginia, and we're going to talk more about these lusty soap opera characters that instill <laughs> good social behaviors in Vietnam and elsewhere. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? 
Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Want pure inspiration and great ideas for action? Want to become successful beyond your hopes and dreams? Then tune in to Millionaire Mentor with best-selling author, one of the world's leading women entrepreneurs, and host, Luann Mitchell-Halter. Luann and her guests, all masters of global inspiration, share their secrets to manifesting and positive daily mental exercise principles. From how to get affordable health care to billionaire mentality and bankrupt no more imagery, Millionaire Mentor dares you to live the life you love and love Love the life you live. Millionaire Mentor with Luann Mitchell Halter broadcasts each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Millionaire Mentor, achieve your greatest heights. Have you ever thought about having your own internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Back to Go Green Radio. I'm your Dean of Green, Jill Buck, and I'm joined today by Emmy Award-winning producer Virginia Carter. She has been involved in show business for a long time, done some amazing work, and she's now doing pro bono work for the Population Media Center. They're using entertainment to educate uh, folks in several different countries around the world, including the U.S., on things that have to do with social behaviors that are that are very helpful, good for humanity, and in particular, good for the environment. We've been talking about the effect that population has on environmental protection, and I want you all to check out the Population Media Center website. Um, you can open a new web browser. Don't turn Go Green Radio off. Open a new web browser and go to www.populationmedia.com. Dot org. And I'm thrilled to death to bring back our guest, Virginia Carter. Thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio. Why, thanks, Joe. Well, we were in the middle of uh, talking about how the Population Media Center has used soap operas to affect social change in Vietnam. Won't you please keep going? That was a great story. Well, here we are. We're in Vietnam, and we're setting up the characters for our soap opera, and we're using something called a Sabeta methodology with positive characters, negative characters, and neutral characters. Now, the positive characters hold all the positive views that you want your audience to, to have. The negative characters have the opposite views. They don't believe in family planning. They don't believe in having husbands and wives or, to talk to their kids. Uh, the kids should be just told what to do, and that's it. And they don't believe in gender equity. 
And most of the characters that we set up in the soap opera are going to represent the audience. They don't know what to believe. They, at least they have mixed views about it all. So now we write a soap opera. It's very, very exciting. It's got all kinds of action and uh, all kinds of love interests and disastrous love affairs and all of the stuff that makes soap operas fun. Mm-hmm. But interwoven into those stories are, are uh, attitudes presented by the positive and negative characters and the neutral characters that let us deal with our issues. And over time, as we broadcast the, the soap opera, as I'm talking about Vietnam at the moment, and we are in the middle of broadcasting the soap opera now, uh, over time, the positive characters succeed hugely, the negative characters have disastrous lives, and the <laughs> neutral characters gradually shift towards positive or negative. If they shift positive, they're successful. If they shift towards the negative, we damn them to hell. We send legs <laughs> of boils to them. We make them sit on sackcloth and rub their heads with ashes. We just really make their lives miserable. And over time, the audience begins to pattern after these folks. And uh, obviously, they don't choose to pattern in the negative direction. They choose to pattern positive. And we measure (laughs) whether or not they're actually doing that by testing the changes in attitude in the community, by finding how many people go to the the, uh, family planning centers to get help with that. So we have quantitative measurements of what effect our soap opera is having. How scientific of you, (laughs) which I love. I mean, there's so (laughs) many programs out there that do uh, some of the things that you and I do. I mean, there are lots of other organizations who, you know, like in my world, in the Go Green Initiative, there's lots of other organizations that have environmental education pieces, but um, there are no other organizations that can actually tell you how much stuff they've kept out of the landfills and, furthermore, what the environmental impact of that is. There's no measurement other than, you know, putting on a puppet show about recycling that they're doing something. And that's where I've parted ways with a lot of other programs of this ilk. And I love the fact that your program has the same kind of, you know, measuring and, and assessing right. and, you know, taking databases and uh, uh, baseline data at the beginning and data at the end. I love that. I think that's so important to measure the success. I, I've got to think that that would make a big impact on people who would uh, consider investing or donating to your organization. Yes, we're not just pie in the sky speculating that these programs work. In Vietnam, we're in the middle, or the voice of Vietnam is in the middle of tabulating the the preliminary results, and we'll get a translated version of that very shortly, so I'm jumping the gun talking about them. But the voice of Vietnam is thrilled with the program so far. They know what their audience is saying. Mm -hmm. By the way, the program is called The Desire of Life. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds great. Now, I, I am almost ashamed to admit this, but when I was a freshman at the University of Illinois, my girlfriends in my dorm and I actually planned our schedules around the soap operas that we all watched <laughs> together. But the thing is, they weren't teaching us the good stuff you're teaching your audiences, Virginia. They were just teaching us. I think they were reinforcing the opposite. The bad characters got away with everything. But I, our engineer has got a clip of, of one of these shows. We're going to play a few seconds here to give the audience kind of an idea of what it sounds like. Now, this is not in English. This is another language, but you're going to get an idea of what it sounds like to have one of these soap operas on the radio, just how fun it is. Just listen to this for about uh, 15 seconds or so. Roll tape. 
Yes, Virginia, you talked to us a little bit about the, the Subito method. Um, can you explain that a little bit more and, and, and how the Subito method um, is measured? Uh, tell us exactly what kinds of things that you take into account. Uh, Jill, I didn't hear the last half of that sentence. Do that again. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, you were talking about the Subito method, and you were yeah. talking about um, how you measure success. Yeah. Uh, give us a little bit more specifics about what kinds of measurements you take. Well, it depends in large part on how much money we have to do the program. But let me give you the ideal situation. It is a situation in which we begin by doing a demographic study of the population of the country in question in detail. We ask the population what they think about the subjects, what they think and what they know about the subjects we'll be dealing with in the soap opera. Then we broadcast a soap opera for as long as money will allow, sometimes 60 episodes, sometimes 500 episodes. It just depends on what we've got to work with. At the end of, of that time, or sometimes halfway through, we send demographers out around the country to ask again, what does the population think about these subjects? And we then are able to qualitatively compare, quantitatively compare, what was with what is. Now, that's ideal, and we find hugely uh, encouraging results from that kind of thing. Now, when we have less money, we will do things like measure how many people are going into the various clinics. If we're dealing with HIV, AIDS, and safe sex practices, as we frequently do uh, as part of the soap opera, we then go to the clinics, and we know how many people were coming into the clinics asking for HIV testing or help before we broadcast the soap opera, and then we do it halfway through or at the end of the soap opera, and we can measure the difference. And the results are stunning. We ask, for example, how many people talk to, talk to each other, how many uh, men and women, husbands and wives, actually talk to each other about, about um, uh, uh, their family planning practices. Mm-hmm. And we know how many do at the beginning. And we know how many do at the end. And the, and the results are just fantastic. Let me give you just a sense of some of the results. Let me talk about Ethiopia, for example, where we've been running programs now for quite a few years. The demand for contraceptives in Ethiopia after two and a half years of broadcasting went up by 157%. Wow. Was, isn't that incredible? It is. There was a 16%, just 16%, but think of this, increase among men in Ethiopia recognizing the importance of educating girls. Wow. It turns out that that's deeply significant because if you educate girl children, if you elevate the status of women and girls, you reduce the population growth rate. It just, there's a a very close linkage. That's amazing. That's yeah. truly amazing. And, and the fact that fathers would be taking on that charge for their daughters. I mean, that's, that's pretty remarkable. That's and listen to this one. A 30, 38% increase among men in Ethiopia in the belief that women are fit to hold public office. I mean, that's a sea change, an absolute sea change as a result of two and a half years of broadcasting. Now, in Ethiopia, we're dealing with all kinds of subjects. Soap operas gobble up material. 
we can't deal with just one subject. We have to be dealing with four, five, or six subjects. In Ethiopia, female genital mutilation. Now, there's an ugly one. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, 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 abducting brides. Yeah, 80%, or it used to be, 80% of, of marriages are contracted in Ethiopia by snatching the girl. Oops, wow. not good. Not good. And, and then what have you seen in terms of results after broadcasting? Well, in those areas, astonishing results. Another sea change in attitude about female genital mutilation. I have a letter here from a male Ethiopian listener. Uh, now, this is a guy in Addis Ababa who writes, I will make every effort possible on my part by holding discussions with others and educating them in a support of attempts to tackle the problem of FGM, female genital mutilation. Wow. Isn't that stunning? It is. I mean, you know, and I think that, that what it speaks to as well is the power that media and truly well-crafted education entertainment, the power that it can have. Um, how does what we've been talking about segue into this idea of the whole society strategy? You talk about that on your website. Mm -hmm. Help us understand more about what that means. Well, let me talk about it in two different ways. A whole society strategy it sounds like jargon to me, and I'm driven crazy by the use of jargon in this field because I fumble and my eyes begin to roll trying <laughs> to understand what it means. In one sense, a whole society strategy means that not only do we do the soap operas, but we surround the soap operas with other supportive activities. We arrange for plays to be produced uh, in Ethiopia, for example. We put books in the libraries in Ethiopia that deal with our subjects. We train journalists in how to introduce subjects relating to these materials, uh, uh, desired family size or uh, the fertility rates, the number, the, the number of women, uh, the number of kids the average woman has in the course of her lifetime. Uh, in Ethiopia was up around 5.5 or 6 when we started broadcasting. It's below 4 now. So we train journalists in how to cover these subjects in the popular press. Uh, we go into schools with lecture programs, etc., and so forth. That's one way to think of a whole society strategy. Kind of a another, an, another, another way to think of it is much more global. Let's imagine that... Uh, um, we know that in the world, uh, many of the most harmful things that are going on, global warming, uh, deforestation, the pollution of, uh, of potable water, the utilization of materials far faster than we can replace them, all these evil bad things are in large part the result of too many people on the surface of the earth. So a global strategy might be to bring this linkage forward in the awareness of countries all over the world so that we can have we can hope to have a sustainable earth well, and that Another is the goal of Go Green Radio as well. We're talking about sustainability, and we're going to be back with more with Virginia Carter, a tremendous guest, and learning so much about the Population Media Center and how media can be used for good. Um, we'll be right back after these commercial breaks.
Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. This is Jill Buck with Virginia Carter, who is talking to us about the Population Media Center and truly blowing my mind when I think about the potential of all that she's talking about and some of the social change and social good that they are accomplishing. um, I am just over the moon for this organization. I want you to open up a new web browser. Don't close Go Green Radio. Open up a new web browser and go to www.populationmedia.com. Dot org. Virginia, thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio today. I admire Go Green Radio, Jill. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. I, I am just absolutely honored that you're with us. And um, I, I have to tell you that my daughter, my 17-year-old daughter, has been checking out the PMC website, and she found that one of your advisory board members, Dr. Albert Bandura is someone that she has studied a great deal in her AP psychology class this year as a junior at Amador High School. And she asked me to ask you um, how he got involved with the Population Media Center and how his work has influenced the PMC. Well, Bandura is a big subject. He is the leading, one of the leading, but one of the most important people in the field of psychology, social psychology, and the manner in which people are influenced to behave as they do. And he's, he's at Stanford, and he has written the definitive papers in this field, and there would be no way in the world that uh, an organization such as ours could be working so actively in the field of trying to help people 
see uh, and adopt pro-social behaviors. There would be no way in the world we could do that without being conversant with Albert Bandura and his work. He's been on our advisory board for years and years, and we have the greatest admiration for his work. And I am stunned to imagine that your daughter, still in high school, is aware of him. Isn't that, isn't that a it's, wonderful thing? It's a small world. I mean, and I told you when I had you on previously that she also studied the wave in her history class. So oh, good for her. She just keeps crossing your path, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now, Dr. Bandura talks about, you know, how folks can be uh, positively influenced. And, and change their values and their behavior in a positive way based on positive social role models. Mm-hmm. Does he talk about, and this shows my ignorance of his work, but does he talk about the flip side of that postulate? I mean, can people's values and attitudes be shaped by negative um, social role modeling? Well, uh, I'm not the expert. Bandura is, and I don't know his precise points on this subject, but I do know that when I was working in Hollywood on all those half-hour comedies, I, I was often challenged about our use of a character like Archie Bunker on All in the Family, because he was, in many senses, the bad guy. Right. He held the negative uh, uh, social views on on gender equity and all kinds of subjects. It's but not every is, subject. <laughs> the thing is, we were always very careful not to have Archie win. <laughs> Archie didn't win those arguments. Edith did. Right. And, uh, or, or, or Meathead and Gloria. But in any event, Archie would, would take the negative side, and that gave us the opportunity to present in funny exchanges between our characters the positive side. Mm-hmm. And then the positive side would prevail. Now, I suppose it's true to say that if you have nothing but negatives in your TV shows and if you do these handsome, swashbuckling young men who wield their, their uh, rapid-fire weaponry <laughs> and come out with the girl at the end anyway, that that Bandura would surely say that this was not a constructive, pro-social thing to be doing. Right. Because I keep thinking about, you know, I pick up on it, and I'm sure that it's not in the forefront of every viewer's mind, but when I watch movies or TV um, or, or listen to the radio, I'm, I'm picking up on either pro-environmentally responsible or anti-environmentally responsible behaviors on the part yeah. of, of the media, the characters and the announcers, journalists, what have you. And, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see efforts underway to create a media center um, or a media effort um, to actually uh, mindfully and you know consciously interject environmentally responsible behavior into the media, and I don't know that that's being done. Are you aware of anything like that going on? Not, not that there's a center for it. I'm I'm unaware of that. Uh, a center in the United States where one can train people in their own uh, broadcast media environments on how to do the pro-social thing. I don't believe there's a center for that. There is Population Media Center, mm-hmm. and that's my group. And we are frequently uh, giving speeches and, and meeting with people and offering awards and, uh, and trying to encourage pro-social broadcasting here in the United States. Uh, we could do more, Jill, 
if we had uh, uh, an empire, if we, <laughs> if we had oh, a budget of, you know, $100 million and a staff of 200, but we do what we do, and we, and we do as much as we can do, and we are rapidly growing as an organization as the significance of our work becomes more apparent. So we do have a presence in the United States, and we do offer that kind of assistance to people. Mm-hmm. But it really comes down to raising awareness on a broad front, and then counting on the goodness of people, many of whom work very hard in Hollywood. I've, I worked there for a long time, and there are some wonderfully good and caring people who, given half a chance and a moment to take a deep breath, would be doing more of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing much these days. I'm not that. either. I mean, I even look at, you know, and, and it's apparent to me in some of the shows that they're trying to interject you know, positive social characteristics. You know, I can see it on the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon for my kids. But, like, for instance, there's no, and you wouldn't want it to be in your face, but you're not seeing, you know, the green cleaning going on or recycling just happening naturally or, you know, characters taking public transportation. It has Um, to be done very subtly. Right. And skilled writing is a scarce commodity. (laughs) That's a mouthful, and I agree with you. If you watch television on a regular basis, you can immediately tell the difference between a well-written show and a piece of junk. Right. But but that doesn't mean that there aren't people in Hollywood today who could do better and more given half a chance and a raised awareness. And so our job, your job and my job, PMC's job and the job of others, is to raise awareness and to make people aware that this can be done, should be done. And, uh, and it doesn't have to be done at the expense of fabulous entertainment. As a matter of fact, if you don't have fabulously entertaining shows, nobody's going to listen anyway. Well, and you proved that point, you and Norman Lear, uh, with all of the intensely successful sitcoms and uh, productions that you were involved in, um, all of those, you know, people weren't, you know, watching them and you weren't winning awards because they taught people good things. You were winning awards and people were watching because it was fun. It was fun to watch the Jeffersons. And And, and that is the direct result of Norman being just the best of the best and hiring and working with and insisting upon the best of the best as his writing team. It begins with the writing, and I try to harp on this all the time. It begins with the writing. You've got to have great uh, writing that connects to the inner souls and hearts of the listening audience, the watching audience. Well, and you must have people like that with PMC. I mean, your work in all of these different countries is so culturally sensitive. I'm assuming, and I'm sure this must be true, that you have people who are natives of those countries working on the content and the writing with you. Is that correct? Well, we don't write any of it. We have to rely on people in country choosing writers that are the best of the best. And, um, and, and here's the thing. If we go into a more advanced culture, like, like Vietnam, where they've done all kinds of of entertainment programming for years and years, there's a trained writing team to choose from. Now, that has its pluses and its minuses, because if they already know how to write brilliantly, what are we doing telling them how to use the Sabato methodology? Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear from us. (laughs) On the other hand, when presented with the results from other countries, they are inclined to listen a little more carefully to what we're suggesting they do. 
And we only know that their writing is great if we get a great result, which is why we have to measure the results. That's right. Now, when we go into a country like Ethiopia, they've never done an entertainment piece of broadcasting or almost nothing ever. Mm-hmm. So we have to help the local producer and director choose writers. And we do that by, by in part, uh, asking them to write a test scene. And I might, for example, lay out a suggested test scene to write. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it in English. It'll get translated into Ethiopian. Uh, the local languages, and uh, and then the test writers will do their thing in their own language, and then we'll get two translators to sit down and in real time read the test scene out loud in English, but they're reading uh, uh, Ethiopian writing. If you see, do you see what I mean? They're yeah, reading the script written in Ethiopian language, Amharic or whichever, mm-hmm. But uh, they're doing it in real time and talking out loud in English. That's uh, that's so that we can hear what's been written. <laughs> well, and, and, and we I want to tell another story about this. That way. Um, as soon as we come back from commercial break, folks, don't go away. We'll have more with Virginia Carter right after these commercial breaks. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I'm Jill Buck, and I am really, really thrilled to have Virginia Carter on with us today. Um, As you may remember from a couple of weeks ago, we had Virginia on. She's a very accomplished 
icon in show business. She's been uh, doing all sorts of amazing work in television and on uh, sitcoms and just, just about everything that you can imagine in terms of media. But her work today with the Population Media Center is, I believe, just it's going to change the world. It already is. And in fact, um, if you go to www.populationmedia.org, you can read about the work of the Population Media Center in the U.S. and in several countries around the world. And I am just so honored and so thrilled to have Virginia on Go Green Radio. Virginia, we were talking about how you develop um, some of the programs that you do in other countries. But I'm curious, before the Population Media Center begins working in a new country, what conditions do you have to have met? Do you have to have a certain level of support or memorandums of understanding in place? How do you begin a relationship? Well, Jill, every country is different. But um, typically, we, um, we will have been contacted by somebody, somebody in Senegal, some, for example, somebody high up in Rwanda, uh, in the broadcast area, or even a head of government or the head of their broadcast industry. We will be contacted by them asking if we will consider coming and helping them with X, Y, and Z problems they're dealing with by helping them get a soap opera going. And so uh, the head of our organization or, or, or the executive vice president of our, of our organization will go there and meet with them and find out what it's about and what kind of funding they have, if any, uh, and talk to them about how we might begin. And they'll either have some funding or they won't, and, uh, and maybe they'll have a little bit, and we need to get a whole bunch more. And we then write proposals to uh, organizations such as the World Health Organization, the UNFPA, or, or, uh, or the Packard Foundation, all kinds of foundations and UN organizations, UNESCO. Um, anyway, we write a whole bunch of these proposals and try and find enough money to get a project going. And depending upon what country it is, it's different sums of money. It's four or five hundred thousand, or five million, uh, depending upon whether, for example, we're talking about Egypt or Rwanda. Right. <laughs> and, um, and so then, when we get enough money going to get to get started, we then um, uh, working with in-country representatives or somebody we have hired to be our in-country representative, say, for example, in Senegal or Mali or in Nigeria, uh, we then choose a producer, a director, get a writing team together, and then we send in a full-blown team. Sometimes I go. Uh, and we train the writing team in the Sebado methodology. We go through it all. We tell them how it fits together and how the characters must shift with time and how they must keep the soap opera hot and sexy. <laughs> and uh, I, I talk a lot when I go to these organizations. I talk to the writers. I love writers. And I talk to them about how fast the material is going to be gobbled up by this insatiable appetite generated by trying to write a soap opera. Mm -hmm. and the structure of the soap opera and how to use cliffhangers so that the audience will come back for more. And, uh, and where to find the emotionally rending material, uh, because you have to do it year after year. You've got to keep finding it. Where to look for it? How to find it? You look inside your own soul most of the time and find out what bothers you, and then you make your characters have the same bothers. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fascinating. And, it, and you know, for, for folks like myself who are outside the entertainment industry, um, to know that that... that 
I guess sometimes I feel like when I'm you know watching different media you know productions and what have you, it just seems sort of from the gut, haphazard, shoot from the hip. But what you're talking about is so purposeful and so um, on purpose. I guess that's the only way I know how to say it. I mean, you're you're not uh, producing uh, media that's just for salacious consumption. I mean, it's with a purpose and it's yeah. scientific. And I guess that you know, knowing your background in physics, that shouldn't surprise me. Um, Virginia, if you had three wishes that you could have granted that you think, boy, you know, whether it's population media center or however, if we could wave a magic wand and make three things happen for the betterment of mankind, what would those three things be? Uh, well, first I want, I want everybody in the world to send population media center a dollar. We would instantly have $6.7 billion to work with, and we could do so much more. That would be number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, Go Green Radio listeners, you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like that to happen. Uh, wish number two would be that every writer that works for Population Media Center be hugely rewarded with satisfaction, if, not, if nothing else, because they should know that they're changing the world. And we're doing it right now, real time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the feelings of exuberance and euphoria you get from that, I want them all to have that mm-hmm. because they deserve it. Absolutely. And wish number three, hmm, it's that you and I and everybody I've ever known and everybody I ever will know should have a happy life and get, <laughs> through, get through this difficult, difficult time the world is in. You know, we're, we are either going to have a population of incredible numbers that are just destroying our world, and that's going to happen in the very near term. Or we're going to have war, famine, disease that cuts the population numbers down. It's going to be one, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be uh, a controlled growth rate mm-hmm. that spares the world the pain that's in store for them if we don't do something about this very quickly. Well, and, you know, the the Population Media Center is working in some countries that are very critical to which way we go, um, whether it's the, the happy outcome or, or the one that, that neither of us, that no one wants. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your growth plans? I mean, what countries would you like to be working in if everybody in the world sent you $1 or if some of our Go Green Radio listeners could send more, which I know they can, <laughs> um, and we get, we get things going? Um, where would you like to work? I, I mean, I, I read voraciously, and I've I always got a newspaper or something in front mm-hmm. of my face, and I've been reading about, you know, the Taliban and what they're kicking up their heels again, you know, with Afghani women. And I'd love to see you working there. I mean, where would you like to go if money were no object? Well, if money were no object, um, every country in Africa. Mm-hmm. The Middle East is a powder keg. We need to be in Egypt. We need to be in 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 Pakistan, desperately. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we need to be in Bangladesh. Good grief, the population growth rate there is staggering. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uganda has a fertility rate of 6.7. You're I mean, the kidding. pain is going to result from all of that. We, we need to be in, in uh, Borneo. <laughs> we need to be in the Philippines. We need to be in India. Oh, my, how we need to be in India. And we've been in India. Don't misunderstand me. We've had projects in India. The first project we ever ran in India attracted 80% of those who could get to a radio. Isn't that something? 
Well, getting 80% market share, they, they, unbelievable. 80% of people who could find a radio to listen to uh, were listening to our project in That's India. Pretty amazing. I mean, when you think about trying to capture that kind of market share in the United States, it doesn't matter who you are or what your message is with, you know, 500 cable channels and serious radio. I mean, it is tough to compete for that kind of even... Yes. But when we got 80% of the listening audience, we were the first radio soap opera ever to be broadcast in India. That was some years ago. You couldn't do that now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too split up now. But we, we, have, we have been in these countries and then run out of money and not been able to continue. Uh, and we need to be in the biggest countries in the world that are growing most rapidly. You know, there's something like 47 countries in the world right now with fertility rates above 5.5. Wow. Now, the implications of that are just terrifying, absolutely well, terrifying. It, and, and, you know, Go Green Radio listeners are all very concerned about the environment, whether it's, you know, some, some of our listeners are concerned about uh, wildlife, mm-hmm. some are concerned about water, energy, what have you. Um, for, for those of our listeners in the 30 seconds or so that we have left, that are out there, how can they get involved and help you, Virginia? I mean, if we have everybody make a contribution, that's one thing, but what else can our listeners do? Spread the word. We need to raise awareness. That's what our soap operas do. And we need to stop hearing that we've got, we haven't got nearly enough people. What we need is more people to pay for our own Social Security as we grow older. What nonsense. We won't grow older. It, Social Security can be handled in a variety of ways. It doesn't have to just be handled by a bunch of young people coming up. That's true. You know, people are just skewed on this subject. They're not recognizing the implications of the rapidly growing population that we have in the world, and wow. it's, it's going to destroy us. We need to raise awareness. Everybody needs to be talking about this to everybody. Well, I thank you so much, Virginia, um, and for the work that you're doing. Go Green Radio listeners, get out there on www.populationmedia.org and do what you can to help. Virginia, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be back this time next week with more Go Green Radio. Thanks, Jill. Thank you. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.